You're listening to our series called Radiance, a practical study on the seven churches of Revelation. Today's reading comes from Matthew 6, 19-34. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Here's Justin Hibbard with today's lesson called Reliant on Jesus, Part 3 on the Church of Laodicea. Right now I'm in the middle of a financial overhaul. We're trying to refinance both of our houses, and at the same time I'm trying to sell my car and buy a newer one. I've been talking with my spouse, my financial advisors, and my parents, weighing different options, crunching numbers, and trying to to dive into something that makes financial sense. After studying Laodicea, I stopped to do something I neglected to do from the very beginning. Seek the Lord. Laodicea was a very wealthy city, and a leader in the world in the field of medicine. In 60 AD, they suffered a devastating earthquake that left the town in shambles. The Roman government offered money to the city of Laodicea to help rebuild, but the metropolis was too proud to accept charity. Thanks, but we have enough money. We don't need a thing, they replied. Jesus chastises the church of Laodicea because of their attitude of self-reliance. In fact, he points out the very words that the city used in the refusal of Rome's help. You say, I am rich, I have acquired wealth, and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched and pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich, and white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness, and salve to put on your eyes so you can see. Laodicea had money, they had fancy clothes, and they had medicine, but they didn't have Jesus. His response is to acquire his gold, his white clothes of purity, and his eye medicine to heal their spiritual blindness. In other words, Jesus wanted the church to stop being self-reliant and start being reliant on him. Many times throughout this series, we've looked at the story of the rich young ruler in Luke 18. It's a reminder that blessings like money and medicine are not evil, but what's evil is how self-reliant we can easily become when we have these things. Imagine you're walking through the store and you see a candy bar. You're hungry, so you think to yourself, I'll just buy it. After all, it's only about a dollar. 
And if someone asked you if you had consulted the Lord before you decided to buy it, you might laugh. After all, it's only a candy bar. It's not like a car. I'm sure God will be okay with it. So let's inflate this hypothetical story for a moment. And imagine you're a multimillionaire, and you drive by a dealership, and you see a good-looking, economical car. You go in and acquire it with cash. And if someone asked you if you had consulted the Lord before you decided to buy it, you might laugh. After all, it's only a mainstream car. It's not like it's a Ferrari or a house. I'm sure God will be okay with it. Do you see my point? The attitude is the same, it's just the amount of money involved is different. Our reliance on God is often relative. It depends on what means we have. Consider our health for a moment. If you get a little cold, do you ever talk to the Lord about it? Or do you neglect praying for healing because you know a little amoxicillin will do the trick? We may say things like, God helps those who help themselves and dismiss the need to seek the Lord in routine matters. Sometimes we think that if we have the means or if something seems conventionally wise, then it's obviously the Lord's will. Others may practice the opposite extreme because they want to be reliant on the Lord. They think that making money or taking medicine is an act contrary to faith. We need to think differently about Jesus. Instead of thinking about him as just a healer or just a financial advisor, we need to think of him as our Lord and friend. Just as a child is reliant on their father, Jesus invites us to rely on him. When we're so used to being self-reliant, then it's tough to incorporate God in our lives and be reliant on him. Jesus will probably still use that medicine and that money, but the difference of being God-reliant is that we include him in our lives, not just when we are at a point beyond our means. Jesus' desire is to have an intimate relationship with us, just as we walk with our spouses, consulting them in our decisions, talking to them about what's going on in our lives, Jesus wants the same. When we give Jesus that place in our lives, we honor him, and he reveals his heart to us. Like Moses, we become so accustomed to his radiant presence, we say, I don't want to go anywhere or do anything without you. And like Enoch, we walk with God through this life and into the next. The idea of radiance is simple. We at New Hope Chapel want to be a relevant Relevant, church. But more important than being relevant to the world, we want to be relevant to Jesus. Jesus. We believe God still speaks and his word is still relevant to us. His message to the seven churches in Revelation has a historical context, but their lessons are eternal. So we're engaging with God through his word and through prayer and saying, God, what is it that you want from our church? If we seek God's face, we know he's going to speak to us, and we will radiate with the glory of God. Radiate with the glory Join of God. us on this journey as our pastor, Justin Hibbard, leads us in building a church after God's own heart. God's own heart. God's own heart. New Hope Chapel is a ministry in Arnold, Maryland. You can find out more about our church at newhopechapel.org. Special thanks to the least of these for the music for this podcast.